the things that we do to run our businesses, I can do really anywhere in the world. So I feel very free in the ability to travel and bring my bring my kids to see family and bring them to fun destinations. And I can run my businesses from my laptop. Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is the Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. Every day I'm hustling. All right, guys, so we are here right now in the Online Hustlers podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to be covering the REI Marketing Unconversion episodes where we bring in top superstars or people that have done great things in the real estate investing side. And this time, what I'm bringing, and I'm very excited about this because I'm not sure if someone has ever done a crowning, but I am crowning this woman as the queen of real estate investing and the queen of real estate marketing <laughs> and conversion. Okay. I'm crowning her right here, right now, because what she's done <laughs> is been amazing. <laughs> um, what she's done, what she's done for, for you guys, uh, all listeners that are listening to this podcast, uh, real estate investors has been amazing. She's been able to start up companies that will deliver something that you will absolutely need in every single stage of your business. Okay, so I have here Miss Stephanie Betters. Uh, Miss Stephanie Betters is a uh, real estate entrepreneur. She's a mother. She is. She has a part-time job that she says is part-time, but she's really pulling 30, 30 hours a week <laughs> <laughs> in uh, in the health industry. And at the same time, she has three businesses uh, with her husband and other partners. Uh, but she's been able to provide great, great things for this marketplace that you guys are in. And so we're going to be covering how everything that we're doing and that what she's doing right now, first of all, can be done online. It's being done online, but it requires not only that initial hustle that we're going to be able to, um, we're going to be able to talk about that she had right at the beginning of building their businesses and trying to strive for better things. Okay. So we have Stephanie Betters here. Thank you so much for actually being in this podcast, Stephanie. I know you're in vacation. So tell me more about that. How is that being in a podcast in vacation? <laughs> tell me more about that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'd like to say that my children are on vacation <laughs> because I still, we still, we still do work remotely, but what's wonderful is the things that we do to run our businesses. I can do really anywhere in the world. So I feel very free in the ability to travel and bring my bring my kids to see family and bring them to fun destinations and I can run my businesses from my laptop. So it's really it's really wonderful. It doesn't mean that I don't work. Trust me, uh, there's still plenty of things that happen during the day, but it's it's really cool that I can do it from anywhere. You know, one hundred percent. And uh, so Stephanie Betters, you are uh, 
doing awesome things right now with your businesses. But tell me, uh, tell us right here, right now to the listeners, what are those businesses right now that are currently running in the back end that are operating without you right now? And um, and and tell us a little bit more about, about those type of businesses that you have been able to, to build. Sure. So I, I own three businesses. One is called Better Path Homes. That's our real estate investment business. Um, that business does about 200, we'll probably do 250 deals this year and out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I, at this point, passively own it. I used to be the COO, but I retired from that role in 2000. Um, and it has been running essentially without me ever since. I probably spend an hour a week on that business. We have quarterly meetings that um, that I run and attend. And that's and that's about it. That business is kind of, it's fully hired and operational. Um, I also have a social media marketing company called Social Media REI that does Facebook marketing for real estate investors trying to find motivated sellers. We also do a couple other cool things there like look for buyers. We have uh, property managers that we service. Anything real estate related, we, we operate there. And that business is also fully hired out and running. I probably spend maybe two hours a week on that company. Uh, the company that takes up most of my time is Left Main REI, which is our software um, CRM solution based on Salesforce. That one takes up most of my time during the week. Um, but those are our, those are our three companies. <laughs> but the Salesforce one is the most recent, the, the, the baby, he's, they're, they're still in the baby steps, right? Even though exactly. it's a big baby, it's a baby that has been eating their spinach <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's maybe it, it's been taking drinking the soup and doing the things because it's being able to grow in in the last year for you know for for good for a good size and 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 doing great things right yeah yeah that one that we founded left main rei in january 2020 that's when it launched um so it's about a year and a half old and tremendous um growth really in the last, I want to say nine months has been really, really wonderful growth. We've actually been talking about it publicly and it has, it's less of a, you know, a word of mouth thing. And now we've been, you know, exploring um, affiliate affiliates and going on podcasts and things like that. So it's grown quite a bit. Congratulations on that. So Thank there you. is a lot of, there's a lot of people that look up to other business owners, entrepreneurs, such as yourself and and you being able to put yourself out there, uh, showing people and inspiring people. So I want to be able to bring more of this type of personalities to this show um, so that they can tell us how their story as a hustler, someone that grinds so hard, but also has a direction. Because I want to be able to have something clear um, to the listeners here is that there's going to be a lot of people that they work their butts off. They work so hard they they're hustlers they grind but there is no really sense of direction that doesn't allow us to really get to the next levels okay so if you can tell us the story of maybe your your first businesses or whenever you were starting your your businesses right because i know starting your first business is much different than starting others but the first business that you would you know that you were ever started which i believe is uh, what it's called right now better, better path homes um i'm i'm assuming it started with with a with this sense of of hustling with this sense of of going at it passionately about something and you were able to lead a startup to that now is holding uh you know being part of of what you is is making money for you helping your family sustain and of course uh, being an awesome 
an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, uh, income that comes in every single week, every single day. But please tell us a little bit more of how that hustle started uh, for your first business. So it, start, it starts with a scary idea that we can do something different, right? That's less reliant on a W-2 income and to grow something for our family. Kind of starts with this scary gut feeling that like, I think maybe maybe we can do it, right? And our first vehicle was with real estate investing. Um, and you know, my husband started that. You know, that The way that business started was very much me initially being the supportive wife, right? Like, okay, he has this idea. How the heck are we going to actually get this done? And he's the idea guy. I'm generally the operator, right? <laughs> so it's a good mix. Um, it's a good mix for, for sure. But um, we started this with us working really hard, right? Like figuring out how we can make offers, how we can close deals. How do we how do we get in front of, of our, our customer, which is the homeowner? How do we then wholesale? How do we flip houses, right? And when we first started, we were doing everything, absolutely everything ourselves, right? That's that hustle and that grind. And you know, when we were doing this, we had children, we had three young children, we had full-time jobs in the health industry. I'm a nurse practitioner. He's a physician's assistant. And we were trying to figure out how we could grow our, our passive income and grow long-term wealth, but not give up medicine. That was really wasn't in the cards from the beginning. We, that was not the intention was to completely leave. So we had to figure out a way to do both. Essentially, the only way that you can do that is if you have systems in place to help you do it. You can't physically, humanly do it all by yourself. So we had to have this transition between hustle to business owner. And that was really difficult because I, if I'm going to be honest, like I know how to work really hard, right? Like I can, I can do a lot. I, I'll work myself into a coma if you let me. I mean, it's, you don't have to tell me to work, right? But it was very difficult for me to learn how to systemize stuff and then to let go and to hire people, right? And have them pick up little pieces of the whole process of getting from customer to profit. So with our first company, that's really where where we learned to do that, right? And the wonderful thing about it is once you learn how to do it, it's so much easier to do again. <laughs> it's bit, the very first company you start is always, I think, the most difficult. They say, you know, your first million is the most difficult. And it is so true. Because once you figure out how to reproduce steps and you kind of look at you look at business, you look at it from a business standpoint instead of from a hustle standpoint, now you can do so much more and your whole world expands, right? So a lot of our journey was centered around how do we hire? How do we be good leaders? How do we have systems? How do we have a vision that inspires other people? That's not just about me and my long-term wealth, right? No one wants to work for you to make you rich, right? No one wants that. They want to be part of a vision. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves too and feel like you know, they're on a path with you, right? So all of that learning became around that leadership and that systems and process standpoint. And then from there, you can you can repeat it. Once you learn it, you can repeat it. So if a good idea comes across the table, you have something that kind of checks your, for me, it was passion. Like if it, if it hits my, my, my passion checklist, right. And it, and it, it's meaningful and it's exciting and it's disruptive and it's fun. Like then I want to do it. Right. If, it, if I can make money doing it, if it hits all those checklists, then I can do it. And now I know how to build it again and avoid a ton of the hustle, no matter what, whenever you're launching something, it's, there's going to be a lot of hours, right? Like you've got to be willing to put in the work. But it's got to have an end in mind. So the end in mind is for it to be a business and to and to own the business, not be in the weeds the entire time. So thankfully, with the the two other companies that I started, um, it was quicker. 
<laughs> it was quicker to get to that point where I'm out of the weeds a little bit. That's amazing. And me, myself, I'm telling you right now that I also try to hustle in many different directions at the beginning because I was trying to like figure myself out. And uh, so I understand, I understand exactly why you're telling me. And this is very true. Your first million is going to be the hardest because it's the steps where you're really, really figuring out, covering all the cracks from your first tries, making sure that you learn and use this best practices that you have created for yourself and you know that exactly what's working so that the second business comes in even easier right so you you said that you started with a with your partner which is your husband currently right and and uh your partner was was he was he the visionary uh driving this um this company of better path homes um at the beginning and you were the operations queen yep is that right so the operations so I love mm -hmm. talking with, yeah. with someone that has the operations mind uh, as yourself because a lot of people and a lot of online uh, people, hustlers, entrepreneurs, or people want, that want to start a business, they start everything uh, because they get inspired. They, they want to reach to uh, unlock something in themselves, but they just go with the vision and try to pursue the vision with a lot of passion, with a lot of hustle, but they don't understand that in order to make things happen, you have to be able to create foundations. Um, otherwise, you're always going to be grinding so hard to the point of a burnout. So operations is huge here, especially those that don't have partners, right? And if you do, I highly recommend that you read the book uh, right here, by which is Rocket Fuel, uh, by one of the best authors that will help you understand about how a visionary and, and someone that is an integrator uh, can function. And I'm pretty sure it was kind of like you, Stephanie, and and you and your husband, right? When when you were building the the company, is that right? Yep. Yeah. So so tell me, uh, when, yep, whenever absolutely. Were, he was the visionary and I was the integrator. Absolutely. So. You being the integrator, being the operations queen, and that led to start up this business, kind of coming from so, some sort of passion, trying to trying to have that passive income, like you mentioned, create that create that wealth for your family, for your kids, for for everything that you were doing. What were the first steps that you were that you that you knew that you needed to to take in your business once you started generating some revenue? What, what what are those actionable things that someone that has so much hustle in their mind, they have the right mentality, but really don't know exactly how to grow to a certain point because they have hit a wall of just hustling and that's it. What are those things that you did in first business that really changed everything? I think to take maybe a step back before you're a profit, um, something that I wish that we did um, before we were profitable is really get very, very clear on what the vision is, right? Sometimes the vision is vague and it's vague enough that you start where you're like, yeah, I think this is something we can do. I'm just going to go, right? And you start driving to California, right? From the East Coast. I think it needs to be really clear exactly what you want out of this, right? Like, so for us in the real estate journey, It was, do we want to build rental properties? Like, do we just want to own rentals? Do we want to flip properties? Do we want to do all of it? Do we want to wholesale? What, like, what is and why, right? What is the goal here? Is the goal to own 
you know, passive rentals and just get money from rentals is the goal to own, to passively own a company, right? Because that, that direction um, will really help hold you accountable, keep you on a path, and then also help to inspire other people who come on to help you, right? Because you're going to need help. So I think getting really clear about the vision is, is critically, critically important. It's okay if it changes in the future, right? If you get punched in the face or if you get you know, another opportunity, but at least you're always going in a measured direction. I think that's really important. And it, it's kind of uncomfortable to articulate it. Like you almost don't want to write it down because it's scary, right? But you need to really get clear on that vision. And then once you're off and you're running and you're, and you're making some money and you're, you're hustling and you're trying to figure out how do I get out of the weeds, right? I think the best place to start is to write down from start to finish, like what all the things that you do in a day are like, every single stupid thing that you do, right? Like, and the big things and the little things, write them all down. And really, what do you hate doing? And what is distracting? What, what do you do? What, what actions do you do during the day that make you the most money that are the most profitable? And what do you love doing? Right. And start to separate out all these tasks. The ideal situation is for you and really any employee, by the way, but the ideal situation is for you to be in your, in your core genius, 80% of the time or more. 100% would be phenomenal. That's not always reasonable. We have to answer phone calls and emails that we don't always want to, right? But if you can get yourself into a place where 80% of your time is spent in that core genius, you'll be extremely profitable. So first things first, getting out of the weeds is to hire out things that you don't like doing or that you're bad at doing or aren't driving revenue, right? So a lot of the times this starts with administrative tasks or operations tasks, it depends, right? It can be sales. Like maybe you're terrible at sales. You shouldn't be doing sales. You need to hire somebody doing sales. Maybe you're terrible at operations. You need to hire somebody to keep track of your books, et cetera, right? Writing those things down essentially will put together a job description and you can start putting them into categories. And then this will help you recruit somebody. And now you can articulate exactly what it is that you want them to do. And then bit by bit, you start you start hiring people out. Absolutely. I mean, uh, let me tell you that one of the biggest uh, breakthroughs that I realized very late was that uh, I, I try to hold into almost everything that I was making and uh, all the, almost all, everything that I was doing because I was so passionate about it. I put my heart out there. People put their heart out there because it's their baby, right? It's just growing and you are nurturing this baby because right. you have you have a big vision for it. Like you said, you want this baby to create maybe some sort of um, non-monetary goal, or maybe it's a monetary goal. And then all of a sudden, you just realize the business is owning you. Something, whatever you have created, start owning you. The moment that I decided to put money and reinvest the money into into someone, a person, an individual that can do these tasks for me, and I can teach them, the moment I gain time and I was able to do more things, more things that I liked, right? More things that I was in my core genius, like you just said. So that is huge. Uh, And definitely, definitely, I think what you said, especially in the real estate investing world, that people start almost always with uh, wholesaling because there is no capital to maybe purchase properties or maybe there's no, uh, not, not being able to utilize these other creative techniques that are out there uh, because you need cash, you want to generate some cash. A lot of people start with wholesaling and it's a very, very um, 
easy, easy, easy way to enter into into this field. Is that is that what you did too? Is that if if you were to tell the listeners, is that no. what you did, or you did it another way? Okay, which one? Which way did you actually come in into the real estate investment world? We started with rentals, so we wanted to buy. We wanted to buy rentals. We wanted to buy three for each child. We have three children, and we figured, hey, that'll pay for weddings, college, and retirement. Right? That'll be the path. Um, but then we discovered that, oh, well, that eats up your cash flow for quite a while if you just buy rentals, right? Yes. Right? It's it's great for long-term wealth, but not great for short-term. So mm-hmm. what we decided to do was, was flip houses and then take all that property from flipping a house and put that back into buying a rental. So it took us down this whole journey of flipping houses, right? Uh, and we didn't start wholesaling until probably a year into that because we you know, started marketing and we had more deals than we could we could flip. They essentially were going to keep, we're going to wait until our crews had caught up, et cetera. So we were like, shoot, I mean, why wait? Why sit on this for three, four months? And what's this thing that everyone's talking about called wholesaling, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the transition was really great because we were familiar with the buying process. We knew what things took to renovate. We had made friends along the way that were also, that were also flipping. So it felt really natural. We're like, Hey, we have this deal. We're three months in the hole with flipping projects. Do you want it? Right. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that looks like a great deal. And there we go. And we made 10 grand and we're like, whoa, that was easy. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> that, that felt better to get that right away. You know, so so we 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 adapted that blended model. So we always we were always flipping. We were always buying rentals. We did take a little hiatus for buying rentals we, because we realized that we bought too many and we kind of had to catch up for a year or two. But we always were flipping and wholesaling at the same time. And then we transitioned away from from flipping and into new builds. Okay. So right now our business model and better time home buyers type properties and wholesaling. And then we buy rentals as well. And that, that, but that's, we buy rentals now in our personal name instead of the company name, just to kind of keep things separate liability, you know, bookkeeping, et cetera. Um, but we kind of have a, what we like to call a three legged stool. So that there's always essentially an option to dispo a property and it kind of keeps all the wheels greased. Right. Did your did your vision remain the same? Um, even though you were you you first started with rentals and then flips and then and 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 you did wholesaling too, was that vision still the same or kind of got some tweaks along the way? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, I wish I wish I could say that. Um, but no, the initial vision was we're just that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep working in medicine. We're gonna, you know, we we ran into this problem where we ran out of money, right? We we bought a rental and they were like, oh no, it's gonna take us more time now to 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 raise that capital, you know, to buy another one. So we realized that had we had continued on that path, sure we could do it, but they would we would not accomplish our goal before our children were ready to go to college. You know, like it would take us 20, 30 years to 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 get that much property. Um maybe a little bit less, but we were trying to get this done in like 10 years, right? Because, you know, our kids were wanting to get this done by the time they were 17, 18. That way we were ready, right? So that's when we kind of took this big detour and we're like, okay, I guess we need to flip. And then, oh, wholesaling is nice. Let's do that too. And our vision changed and it really became more about building a business for not just us, but for other employees too. And passively owning that. So the vision changed from just about just focus on us and our wealth to, okay, let's build a business that does this and we can help more people. We can employ people. And then we will, will passively own this company one day. Right. So we actually were able to impact more people that way. And 
be more profitable in the in, in the in the long run. I absolutely love it, and I'm pretty sure. Hey, you will remember which one that was the first either virtual assistant or employee that you ever gave a job to, right? Which ones? Yep, which ones yep. did you decide to employ first? So, so our very first hire was a lead manager because I had three young, young children. And I was working in the hospital. And if the phone rang, it was very stressful. Like that was the thing that gave me the most stress and anxiety. I actually liked talking to homeowners. That didn't bother me, but it, it I literally couldn't do it, right? Like if I'm in the hospital taking care of patients, I cannot pick up the phone and talk to a homeowner, right? And if the kids are screaming in the background, you know, I'm like, I would be hiding in closets and talking to people. It was just so stressful. So that was our very first hire. And he actually still works for us. He's been with us this whole time. That's amazing. Hey, yep. you got to take care, good <laughs> care right. of that person. <laughs> Being right. there since that's you guys right. were babies, believed in you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. And so you're so you're saying that basically if someone is working um, in a full-time job or maybe just in the baby steps of their business and hustling, they're hustling, lead manager is a really good idea. Someone that that can that can be able to to take on this on these calls while you are in the in your job, right? Someone that can be able to follow up on 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 with these people, do, do the initial qualification. Uh, I'm assuming that was one of the main things that you wanted to you wanted to get out of the lead manager. Is that is that right? Yeah, or was this was this a lead manager with multiple multiple tasks? <laughs> well, no. In the beginning, he did have more tasks, right? Like he did administrative stuff for us too. He called back contractors and um, made sure utilities were on. He had a lot of like really random tasks also that we kind of threw on there because we weren't that busy when we were small, right? So he was what we call the lead manager and executive assistant. So he, he filled the holes there for, for a while. And then our next hire was a transaction coordinator. And then our next hire was a project manager and then a salesperson. And then what else? Then a, a bookkeeper, Right. And then a CFO and it kind of all just grew from there, you know, yeah. more and more roles were defined and then um, hired. That's awesome. And do you think that whenever you hired a salesperson, you guys were ready? Was it because you guys were already getting way too much, too much business, too much, too many leads, too many, too many clients to talk to or, or prospects to talk to, or uh, when did you decide to actually hire the sales and, and get, you know, removed from from that equation? Um, yeah, when we started having more than five or six appointments in a week to go to, it became stressful and difficult to manage the household and the business. So we decided that, okay, first we needed, how do we do this, right? I, I didn't know how to train a salesperson. This is the lifeblood of our business. So we started first by having people go out and take pictures. They're just like really friendly people. They happen to be like our friends, like our real life friends. Like, hey, this is kind of fun. I want to play with you guys. I want to Come play in the sandbox. So they're like, okay, you're really friendly. Just go be nice and take pictures of the property and say hello to the homeowner, right? Just represent us in a nice way. And they started doing that on kind of like on a part-time basis because we didn't, again, we didn't have a ton of volume at that point to support somebody full-time. And then they did really good. Like they, they, they were chatting with the homeowners. They had made great rapport. So then we just said, hey, why don't you make this offer? If you go and the property looks like this, you know, it looks as to be what we expect. And this is what we expect the condition to be in based on our conversation. If it looks like that, and there's no huge red flags, like foundation issues, right? Go ahead and make this offer and see and see if they'll accept it. If they don't accept it, say no problem. And then we'll call them, right? They started getting deals signed. They were accepting offers. And I was just like, oh, well, we should have somebody do this full time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so then we started, then we hired, then we started hiring full-time salespeople and then commenced the massive turnover. 
That was the most <laughs> difficult, di- most difficult position to hire by far was a salesperson for a real estate. Not necessarily in other companies, ironically enough. Um, not that wasn't as difficult, but for some reason, real estate investing, the acquisition rep was extremely difficult to train. It is such a dynamic job role. You know, there's so many things to know, creative financing, right? Rehab estimating, comping properties. It's a very complex sales process. I hate that because I like to make things very, very simple. And over the years, we've streamlined a ton. We use a lot of really great resources, a lot of of which are built on that CRM. That's kind of how the CRM was built, right? Was from this own need for ourselves to have better systems and to streamline all of our processes and get good data and have good integrations. So that helped a ton, but that continued to be the most difficult position to hire was that one. But it's possible because now we have a fully functioning um, sales team with a sales director who runs it. Um, and you know, Zach, my husband and I have nothing to do with it. He's my husband, still the CEO of that company. I'm no longer the COO. We actually hired my position out too, which is so wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but he remains the CEO. So he does still collaborate with our, with our leadership team and, and the sales stuff, but we haven't talked to homeowners in a very, very long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Honestly, uh, when you know that you haven't talked with your clients in a long time, it's because you've been and it continues to grow and their revenue comes in, there's profit. You know that you've done, you've built a business, right? You've been a sustainable business, right? And, and you've been able to achieve that free time that you want in order to create other things like you just created. Like recently, the CRM, that is absolutely kicking ass because the top, the top real estate investors are coming in here. They need to notice, by the way, if you are looking for the best real estate investing CRM that, is, um, that has everything in it, like literally it's an all-in CRM and you are doing a couple deals a month and you know that you just need a systemized process, follow-up process, and sales process, everything in one place, comment and actually have a conversation. This webinar that Stephanie Betters uh, holds or someone in their team is going to tell you more about that because it's going to definitely change the way that you do things and stop relying on so many other tools that are integrating here, integrating that, Podio here, Podio that. And, and, and it's, it's awesome. So it, it really is worth the investment is really worth being able to, to use a system that gets you to another level. And I'll be happy to talk to you to, to, to this, to talk about this, uh, later on with you, uh, the listeners that are here, but, uh, first let's, let's, let's jump into what that is the, the sales process because the hustle is out there. Um, they want to learn everything. They want to uh, do everything. They want to be consuming this amount of knowledge, right? But what if you are hustling and you have this passion of creating a business, uh, but you absolutely suck in the sales process? What if you you just don't really get it? You're not that person in sales that knows how to a properly close deal or talk to people or knows to a properly follow up with people. Let's talk about that. Would you recommend that a someone that is not, you know, haven't had any background in sales, tries to learn sales, would you recommend to still uh, have sales as, as the last thing to hire? Or what, what are the, those recommendations um, for those people that really struggle with sales right now? And, con- and converting leads. So my opinion on this is 
probably a little bit uh, counter from what we learn growing up, right? When we learn growing up, you're like, oh, if you're not good at something, you need to like learn how to do it, right? Like just put the time in and you learn how to do something that you're not good at. You need to work harder at it because you're not good at Abs- it, right? Absolutely. I totally disagree with that completely. I, I think if you're mm-hmm. not good at it, do the things that you're good at, right? Everybody, yep, thank, thank God, God made us all different, right? Like we are all different and we all have different skill sets. And I want you to focus on what your true skill set is and do more of that, right? There's a really wonderful book. They're called Who, Not How. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's if you haven't read that and you're struggling to create a business or to, you know, to really kind of get more efficient in your business, you gotta you gotta read it. But the the concept there is instead of asking yourself, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do that? Ask yourself who would be the best suited person for this and then build your team. And you kind of take that pressure off of yourself to know how to do absolutely everything and to control everything. You take that pressure off and you and you look at it more from a teamwork standpoint. Like, okay, who do I need on my team, right? What are the, who are the key players here that I need to collaborate with? Then what you'll find is you have people on your team that love to do a certain thing and that's their 80% core genius, right? So their 80% core genius is going to be 300 times more than you can do in your t- 10% genius in this subject, right? So building your team around you is what I suggest. So if you suck at sales, find somebody who's good at sales and hire them, incentivize them, share your vision with them, right? How, have Show people where you want to go with this thing and how it can benefit them, right? You When you're building a business, it really becomes about inspiring people to be on your team, right? Inspiring people to follow you. It's not just about you and your wealth and your and your bank account, right? It becomes about why would anybody want to do this with me, right? What is the goal here, right? And start inspiring people to understand your vision and to jump on board and look at what these, all the wonderful things that you guys can do together. You can certainly go farther together. So, you know, long story short, or, you know, there are lots of sales resources out there, but you need to find you need to find a way to put those on your team instead of on your docket of your to do list. Guys, we have here we have an operations mind. So you better listen right now. If you're listening, you better clean up your ear even more because these are really, really important tips that we're getting from someone that has run the the operations of a real estate investing business. And now has exited out out of it, thank God. And now is operating in a higher level because now she mm-hmm. is she's actually in vacation. Okay, <laughs> she is actually coming here to to share with you guys some great things, great valuable tips, and her story and how her story uh, and the things that she did good was we're 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 are giving her a chance to create this other business, this other product, the CRM Left Main. And or her uh, social media marketing uh, business, that it's also something that she's putting about just a few hours uh, a week and uh, how she's actually adding more value to her industry, to her industry and and to you guys uh, by learning everything from her first businesses. Right. And I'm pretty sure every single time, every single day she is. Uh, it, it, It seems like. Whenever you guys um, start letting go of things, and I'm not saying like letting go of your business, but letting go of things such as uh, things that you do, such as thing um, money that you uh, you earn a profit. Maybe you have a huge profit margin at the beginning, but like you want to go and you feel stuck, let go of that profit a little bit and pay someone and treat them well 
share their vision, being able to train them properly, and they'll give you the, the, the time back that you require. You're a hustler and you have that mentality. It's the right mentality. But there's, there's things that you need to be able to do in order to really grow and take it to another level. Okay. So Stephanie, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Uh, this podcast, this episodes are going to be marketing and conversion uh, related. And one of the things that you have done well is being able to create a business that, that not only does marketing, but lead generation for, for real estate investors, but also a business that can get those leads that are being generated okay, from many other different channels, doesn't matter, and uh, kind of sifting through them and, and having a solid, solid uh, place to manage all these leads, all right? To being able to, to, to actually follow up with them in a proper way, measure your key performance indicators, seeing the holes that you have in your business, in your sales process, and even in, in the acquisitions and dispositions um, process. So how'd you, how'd you actually come up with such a, such a great idea of, of mixing one of the most corporate CRMs out there, which is Salesforce, people that, you know, big businesses use it, um, medium-sized businesses use it, and, and mix it into the small business world of what wholesalers are, right? Like what wholesaling is. How do you actually come up with such a great idea of mixing the best CRM out there and putting everything that is required by a wholesaler, by a real estate investor into one place? I mean, frankly, I needed it myself, right? I mean, I was running this company. I'm trying to grow it, you know, running this multi-million dollar company. And the CRM that we were operating on was awful, right? Like it wasn't reliable. It went down. Uh, data was unclear. I felt like I was sorting through like this jumbled mess, trying to make really big decisions. And, you know, we're spending a lot of money on marketing, right? Like we were spending at the time, almost a hundred thousand dollars a month in marketing. And I didn't have clear metrics on what was happening with that, with those leads that were being generated. Right. And I just knew like in my gut and it made me sick that I knew that things were, we were falling through the cracks, right. That like we weren't capitalizing on what we produced. So I just had the sense of like, oh my God, we're just burning money. Like I'm just bending money to only capture probably a small percentage of act of the leads. And then the rest are falling to the wayside. And how much money am I blowing? Right. Like, and, yeah. and especially when you're scaling uh, um, your profit margins shrink, right. Cause you're hiring people and like everything now starts counting, right. It's a little bit easier when it's just you and your onesie twosie doing deals. Like if you don't do a deal, you're like, okay, but when you have people relying on you, right. And like you're, you're feeding your family off this income and you have employees that are feeding their families on the income. Like you cannot be inconsistent. You cannot lose money. You can't shut your doors. Right. Like it, the pressure's on now you've got to, you've got to actually do it. Right. So I just had this awful sick feeling that everything was wrong and I just I couldn't tell what it was, right? I had a very difficult time making decisions because I had bad data and I, I can't just, I can't just make a decision because I went to a conference and that's what people said to do. Like, what, what were you using okay, at the but moment? That gets you to a, what were you using, I was using at the moment? Podio. You were using Podio? Podio. With all and, these different apps <laughs> and uh, integrate. Yep, and I uh, also tried Flip, Flip Pilot for a little bit. Flip Pilot. Okay. <laughs> Not a problem. And so even though you like you paid several developers, it was like, hey, this is this is not enough. This is not clear. I make data driven decisions. 
and you had to continue in the pursuit of getting that relief of that itch that you had right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, frankly, I just needed to have better data and more stability. Uh, I needed better integrations with all the stuff, all the moving pieces that we had. So I, you know, I got really, really upset. Like most of this came completely out of like blind rage, just to be totally honest. I just kind of lost my mind <laughs> one day, just flipped out. And I was just said, I'm fed up. What's the number one CRM in the industry? Like what is, what is the number one CRM in the world? I'm going to go with that, right? Now, indisputably, the number one CRM in the world is Salesforce. Um, but what I learned after many, many calls with those, with the team, the developers and things like that is that it was extraordinarily expensive. Like we're talking multiple six figures, right. To build this thing out. And then it takes forever. It takes six months to a year. It, it was just, and I was in this mode, I was desperate. I was like, I don't, I can't wait six months to then just be able to log in. I need things to be live like yesterday. So, um, I, you know, I was on this call with, with some of the developers and they were quoting me out, you know, six months, you know, six months from now, you'll be able to log in and then we'll do phase two and all oh, phase one's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars. And then we'll talk about the rest later. And I just was like, no, this is ridiculous. I'm going to just build it myself. And um, then, you know, of course they all laughed and thought that was ridiculous. So then I got even more mad and then I just built it myself. I taught myself the code that needed to be written for the, for the project. I spent the next few hundred hours straight, just coding and building this thing and learning it. And I built it for my own company and we launched it in my own company a couple months after that call. It took me probably two, three months to fully build and launch. And then we built it for my company. Um, and that was my only intention. My intention was I needed it for me. And, and my, my team did great. We loved it. it. It immediately made a huge difference after we migrated our data. I felt like, oh, I can see what's happening. <laughs> you know, like there's a dashboard and it's accurate, you know? You had a um, hustle mode. And you had the hustle mode turned on. And like, look, look what happened. Like whenever you start grinding on that and that little passion that you, that you just, uh, that, that was just recently born, look what you just created. That's awesome. And I didn't honestly even know that it was something special. Honestly, I was just, I just was doing it for me. And I, it didn't really hit me that it was something marketable or something that other people would love until sales. Like, hey, they followed up with me and they said, well, you know, are you, you know, have you given up yet? Essentially, do you want us to build out your solution? And I told them, no, I already built it. And they said, okay, well, can we see? And I said, sure. So I showed them and they were like, oh, well, this is something. And then my account representative at that time at Salesforce was like, can I come visit you? I was like, sure, of course you can come. She's like, yeah, I want to come meet you. And I want to talk about this. And then I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> something, maybe, maybe I did something, you know what I mean? So it was a very natural thing that was com like completely born out of my own need my own genuine need for, for a system, you know, then somebody recognized it and told me, Hey, this is something, do you think that anyone else would want it? And I was like, yeah, actually, I think other people would want it. And then this whole company was born, you know, but it was based just purely out of just genuine need, you know, and, and I think what's so wonderful about it is it's scary to develop something for other people, right? And then you put it out there kind of vulnerably into the marketplace, and you wonder if other people are going to like it, right? And then I just had such a wonderful reception. We've had just massive adoption. And it really, it really did something for our industry, right? And, and I, it's, I'm so humbled by that and so excited about it. And it kind of 
fuel this big additional passion. I'm like, yes, we're going to level this up. This is ridiculous. We're real estate investors. We don't have the tools that we need. We're going to do this. So now we have this whole like rollout plan and we've, we've, we've gone above and beyond and done additional integrations. We have a huge roadmap ahead of us. We've got lots of really cool vendor relationships now. It's essentially taken on a complete life of its own. And now I feel like I'm in beast mode, but on a different level. And I'm like, I'm coming for the whole thing now. Like we're <laughs> going to do the whole thing. We're changing this. We're changing this whole industry now, right? Like we're going to, we're going to level up everybody. A rising tide lifts all boats. We're coming, we're coming for the, we're coming for the cake. So it's, it's awesome. I guess, you know, I'm all fired up just talking about it, but yeah. Stephanie, do you ever have the intentions of like continuing, like growing other businesses Or, or, or do you have any other, because I know you ended up exiting out of your first company by firing yourself. Uh, the second company social media doesn't take too much of your time. Uh, but this one, did you, I know that it came out of like that, but did, did, did you have any other plans of creating other businesses as well? Or just what was your, what was your mind going Never. through? I never had any intention of starting other businesses when we were doing better path homes ever. Um, but then problems happened, right? Like we had problems. We had problems with marketing, with lead gen. So I started looking into other ways we could generate leads. And like, I kind of had this, this was back in 2016. When I first, when we started, when I started social media REI, um, my husband was kind of like, you do your operations thing, right? Like whatever you think. Uh, we need to do. And I was like, okay, what about Facebook? I had a little bit more time now because we had hired out some people. And I was like, I think Facebook, like, I just think it's underutilized. This is in 2016. Like, and when I started talking then, like Facebook is going to be the next big thing, you guys, like we need to get on this. People are like, ah, you're crazy. <laughs> there's, there's no one on Facebook. So I, you know, I was like, no, I think, I think we can do, I think we can generate leads this way. Maybe this would be a competitive edge. Right. So I was trying to solve a problem for us. So that we do it. And then, you know, other people are interested, like, oh, how did you do that? How are you getting leads from Facebook? Can you do that for me? I was like, actually, yeah, I can. I'd love to. So then a whole business started around that, right? Like, okay, how do we service other people? How do we reproduce this? How do we continue to grow it? And now that there are additional resources directed at this one thing, now it expands, right? Like now the business gets better and stronger and we're able to service other people. So that business was born and has continued to thrive. And the same thing with Left Main, right? Like we had a problem and solving it for me can also solve it for other people. So these two other businesses were born and You know, now I'm the visionary for those two companies and I have COO who help who helps me, you know, run it day to day and and helps me grow it. Right. But now I'm in that in that visionary seat in those two companies. But at this point, I do not have any more intention of starting other businesses. <laughs> uh, I think I think I'm a little bit of an, an, an addict at this point. Right. Because now I see opportunity everywhere. Right. Once you kind of get it down, you're like, Wow. There is so much opportunity around us. We are so blessed, right? Like there are so many problems to be solved and it's exciting to solve problems. It's exciting to, to build something that's profitable that helps other people. Like there's something about that that's just so incredible to me. Um, but I have to be careful because I don't want to miss I don't want to miss this, right? I don't want to miss this time with my family. I don't want to miss this time with my husband and like where we are right now. And I think if you're not careful, like you'll just completely go like, because when you're launching something, like you're always hustling, right? Like at some point it's got to be enough too, right? And I've got to let other people solve problems. So at this point, I don't have any more intention of starting any businesses, but I've said that before. Um, but I'm for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, one of the things about uh, the hustlers out there is that they they absolutely do understand that there's sacrifices. You got to have the right mindset, and you got to start doing doing doing. But 
uh, they forget about the basic crucial things in life, like you just said, right? So you, they forget that there is a family to be taken care of, to be putting some time. People that have been there from the beginning and they have been there uh, really, really without 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 asking for for anything. They they just are there because they love you, they believe in you. And as a hustler, sometimes you you take those things for granted. And uh, it's important to uh, really understand quickly that they somehow have given you this cap- catapult of energy and what they ha- they have created created you, especially family, all right? Especially family. They have been able to 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 develop you in a way uh, that is that that is that it completes your sanity, right? So. If you are actually not taking care of your family, if you're not taking care of your health, if you're not taking care of like maybe the way that you eat or things like that, being a hustler is not going to be worth it. Making $2 million, $3 million on, on, a one, on one small business is not going to be worth it because um, all the other things that are, that are very important in your life are crumbling, right? So right, right now... You are with your family taking the time to be with us. And I really appreciate you for also for sharing this with the listeners right here, you know, um, and, and I, I really love that you have this type of passion that, that you can, it's perceived whenever you get fired up that, you know, <laughs> about talking about left main and things that the things that you have done. Um, but one of the things that I'm pretty sure you have noticed, because I also have um, a business that I've been able to grow to seven figures as well and been able to uh, fulfill the same industry as you in real estate investing and, you know, moving on to the next business uh, or, or, or creating another business, starting up another business, is that you understand the same problems that I see from real, real estate investors, Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure you, you're, you've been able to cover that with your CRM um, and even with the social media marketing agency that you have. Uh, but with the CRM, one of the biggest problems that, that I see a lot of people have is if generating leads, first of all, is not easy. It's hard. But once you get a hold of generating a lead, getting that lead into your system and being able to talk with that lead, have a conversation and know where that lead is in the stage of their life is another different story. Because if you don't speak with the lead, if you don't follow up fast, if you don't have a process for that, the lead generation is not worth it. Knowing about right. real estate, not knowing, uh, knowing about real estate and all this creative financing and, and all these other exit strategies and, and knowing about numbers and real estate is not going to pay off if you don't fix that process, the marketing and sales process, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things that Left Main uh, does and, and it's fixing that problem, increasing that conversion as well in the acquisitions process, right? And you're going to be able to see that with dashboards. You're going to be able to see that with actual visual uh, metrics. So uh, I see totally um, the, the the type of problems that are being solved, yeah. okay? So one, wh- whenever you were um, doing everything, um, wh- what was the first thing that you, that you wanted to fix with your CRM? And I know you said that there was a lot of, a lot of things that were not visible enough, but uh, in the acquisitions process, which is a lot of the people struggle. Do you, do, did you have the, the follow-up and, 
and the sales process already um, already figured out in Podio? Or how 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 are we taking it to another level with with the CRM that you built? So so first of all, it needs to be clear and user friendly, right? And it needs to work. So when you have people who are working leads or working working appointments, when they have follow up tasks, for example, it needs to actually work, right? You need to have drip campaigns that can come from intelligent places like your email address, your text message, right? They need to, it needs to be integrated and the user experience needs to actually work. So what I developed with Left Main was a, a lead management process that is automated and the sales management process that is automated and a dispo uh, sequence that's automated. So essentially, when you come into Left Main, you come into a pre-built process and it kind of like goes down the river, right? Like you can't, you cannot help but, but move things along because it's intuitive in that way. And because it's intuitive and because users can work in that and in, in an integrated way and in a, a user-friendly way, now you can collect really good data because it's like trash in, trash out, right? If the user experience is poor, your data is going to be poor because people aren't going to document stuff. So the idea was is to make it very user-friendly and very integrated. Therefore, you could get really good data. And then now because Salesforce is a great platform, we can have all these cool options of building out lots of different dashboards and metrics and KPI views. So you can literally click a button and see where you're at in the business, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that that being right there, solving that that problem right there makes it totally worth it. So you guys can reach out to Stephanie or you can, you know, under this episode, you're, you're going to be able to find a link to this for, for you to go into RI left main and, and be able to to really get that six-figure or seven-figure business that you have in real estate investing business to another level and, and really help your, te- your people too. Because I'm pretty sure they don't like Podio. They don't like these things going on. I, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you almost <laughs> that they think that Podio is ugly and uh, Podio doesn't have these same visuals. So you're going to see that in left main, okay? Um, so I really wanted to thank everyone that is listening to this uh, podcast and listening to me and Stephanie Betters because Stephanie does it better. <laughs> okay. Stephanie does it better. <laughs> so uh, again, thank you so much for listening to the um, online hustlers podcast and this episode of real estate investing, marketing, and conversion. We covered uh, good, great things today. And in the future, you guys have to tell me which other person you want to bring into the podcast. And if it's worth it, and you think you love this episode, we can bring in Stephanie uh, in some months from today, and we'll do a second episode. We'll talk about other things more granularly. And I love to have her once again here. So again, thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode. Uh, See you in the next one. All right. So have a good one. Go visit Stephanie Better. Follow her on Instagram. And Stephanie, if someone wants to reach out to you, where can they go? Where can they look for you? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Steph Betters. Facebook is slash Stephanie Betters, all one word. Um, you can go on leftmainrei.com and check out a demo and, and look what the product looks like. Um, but I'm out there. Come find me. Come chat with me. I love it. All right. Sounds great. Stephanie, again, thank you so much. And uh, this is this has been a great episode. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Uh, bye. Thank you, Stephanie. Sorry, I, I didn't know you had a 3-1, but at 3 p.m. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, Stephanie, enjoy your vacation, okay? <laughs> thank you so much. I know I have I have a couple calls here. 
Yeah. And then I'll go play in the, in the lake. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> thank you so much for ha- having me. Thank you so much. That was really wonderful. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And, you know, you're going to be part of the uh, the first episodes that we're launching in, you know, iTunes, Spotify, and and I really want to bring people in that inspire others. And uh, you you inspire me, so why not inspire other people too? So it's 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 great. Okay. Thank you. All right, Stephanie. We'll Thank chat you so much. better. Please let me know time. how I can help help promote you. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. That sounds good. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Bye.